Are you hesitating to take the next step in your e-commerce journey? Founder Plus has you covered with proven frameworks tailored to your business needs for fast results, a supportive community of over 30,000 like-minded entrepreneurs and weekly live mentorship sessions. Founder Plus is your key to success. Try Founder Plus today for just $1 for seven days and start building your dream business with confidence. You can visit founder.com forward slash start dollar trial or click the link in the description to claim your trial. This is episode number 81 with Greta Rose Van Riel of the Founder Podcast. Discover exactly what it takes to become a successful entrepreneur and what's possible through entrepreneurship from the greatest minds in business today. Welcome to the Founder Podcast. Here's your host, Nathan Chan. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Founder Podcast. My name is Nathan Chan and I am your host coming to you live from Melbourne, Australia. Now, what's going on in the world of Founder? I am recording this episode during our big launch for Instagram Domination 2.0, one of our paid courses. And uh, things are super, super hectic, but i got to keep on top of the schedule. I have to be honest, guys, this is probably the hardest I have ever worked in my life. And I hope that will be a correlation uh, in, re- in, in regards to, I guess, the result that we have from the launch. Uh, it is kicking off well. You know, we've had, oh, geez, you know, close to 100,000 people uh, watch our four part video series uh, which is a it's a sideways sales letter and we're doing the Jeff Walker product launch formula whole nother story I can probably talk about this and I'll get Jonathan and the team and the content guys to write up some epic blog posts but things are going well pretty hectic hardest I've ever worked in my life just recording this intro wow uh, 1am all right so that's that's what's happening in my world. I'm really excited about today's guest. Her name is Greta Rose Van Riel, and she's from Melbourne, and she is an absolute superstar entrepreneur, Instagrammer, startup founder, growth hacker, social media master, and she shares so much gold, like some super, super interesting Instagram secrets that I didn't even know about, you know, how she validates her business ideas, how one of her companies called the Fifth Watches generated 1.3 million uh, in sales last month, and they only open up sales for one day, which is insane. She runs so many different companies. She runs the Fifth Watches, Skinny Me Tea, Drop Bottle, Nicheify. And she's a startup advisor to a few other companies as well. I don't know how she does it. You're going to hear how she does it. And she really is, uh, I guess, probably the biggest master on Instagram that I've met, spoken to. And uh, you guys are going to love this one. She's an absolute superstar. All right, guys. So this will be the last episode in regards to... I guess talking about all things Instagram, you know, we've got our big Instagram domination 2.0 promotion going on and, you know, we're talking about all things Instagram at the moment on the blog, the podcast, you know, on our newsletter and uh, this will be the last one and stay tuned for next week's episode. I know you're going to love it. It has Gary V and he is the absolute man. All right, guys, that's it from me. If you are enjoying these episodes, please, please, please do take the time to leave us a review or do check out the magazine at foundermag.com forward slash app. You can see the fruits of our labor. If you're enjoying these interviews, I'm sure you're going to love the magazine. All right, guys, now let's jump into the show. So thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today, Greta. Thanks, Nate. I'm really excited to be here, actually. I've been listening to your podcasts and reading your magazine for a while, so I'm pretty pumped to be on the show. Yeah, yeah. Look, I've I've seen your work from afar. You're, you're a fellow Melbourneian, and uh, look, it's safe to say you're absolutely crushing it right now on all fronts, social media, <laughs> growth hacking, e-commerce, product. So yeah, look, I, I know our audience are going to love to hear your insights. So 
I guess the first question that I ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job? <laughs> Job's a funny word for it. So I guess it all started back in 2012, May actually. So we're coming up to four years somehow. I was 22 years old. I was working full-time in my first job straight out of uni at a advertising agency in the city. I was helping them with their print-to-digital transition actually. And I was reporting directly to the CEO, which was quite a substantial role for I think I was 21 when I first started the job and he'd give me three weeks of work and I'd end up finishing it in about three days and eagerly going back to him and saying okay Michael what can I do now and he'd be like oh uh can you just kind of wait and I didn't really like the idea of waiting so in my spare time at work I hate to admit And out of work, I started Skinny Me Tea, which was a bit of a passion project at the time. I had been doing a lot of detoxes actually recently in the time and I loved tea at the same time. And I'd been going to a new health food store that had all different blends and all different kinds of tea and I'd started to mix up my own. And so... Once I'd done my own little detox with tea, which I called a teatox, which is now quite a substantial market actually, I asked my friends whether they wanted to try it and a lot of them were really keen and then their friends started asking as well and I was like, wow, okay, well, I know within my demographic there's a huge interest and a huge want for this product so I could create a little website and maybe sell a few packs on the side to supplement my existing wage So I actually started an Instagram account for the business and Instagram was really only just taking off personally in 2012 and there were almost no companies on Instagram at that time, but I'd been able to grow my own personal account quite substantially, quite quickly. So I kind of saw the opportunity and thought, okay, what's the easiest, cheapest way to get some more people seeing my website? So I built the website on Shopify, which was really straightforward and easy. Took me maybe like four hours. I'd never built a website before. Put the product up. Didn't even have the product in stock, actually. It was a big pre-sale model. I had $24 in my bank account at the time, which mostly went into the uh, hosting fees for my website. And ended up selling four packs on the first night to people that I'd never met before. Uh, which I just couldn't believe. So I started to keep marketing through Instagram in the same way. Back then there weren't rate limits on accounts. So I went through and I systematically followed all my friends, then all of their friends, until I felt like I'd followed every girl of around the similar age group demographic in Melbourne. Mm. Then I moved on to Sydney. I was like, okay, who do I know in Sydney? followed them and all their friends, moved on to Brisbane. And to this day, Melbourne, which was the city that I kind of followed first and knew the most people from, Mm. has actually been our biggest selling city. And we now have over 300,000 customers worldwide. So that was a pretty interesting fact. So Yeah, wow. Yeah, it was pretty, it was exciting. And yeah, so the company moved really quickly and it kind of got to the point where I could no longer work my full-time job and had to stop that and start this, which ended up being a pretty good decision because I'm just absolutely loving what I do. Yeah, wow, fantastic. And can you tell us um, like growth pains because you guys were growing very, very fast. Can you wrap some more numbers around it? Um, You have quite a sizable Instagram account. You have many different Instagram accounts, which I'm sure people will be very fascinated and interested about because, uh, you know, some people might see just Skinny Me Tea, but they don't know you've got like 10 other fan pages that drive traffic to certain places. You've got all these crazy things going on. So can you give us a little bit of an insight to that and that whole world? Yeah, that's a pretty large question, Nate. Growth points first. Uh, So we were growing very, very quickly and I had absolutely no background in business at that stage. I had a background in marketing. I studied media and communications at Melbourne Uni and 
I honestly didn't even know how to set up a business. I was a sole trader for the first year of my company, which was a huge oh, wow. pain in the end as I got taxed at a sole trader level rather than a small business level, which was quite substantial. Uh, so that was a huge issue. But yeah, just the growth of the company, we grew from $0 revenue to about oh, $600,000 US dollars revenue a month in under six months. So wow. of course, huge growth pains had to do with the stock levels. We were constantly running out of stock and my boyfriend and I at the time were just running around Melbourne trying to find different tea suppliers that could supply so much in bulk so quickly. Uh, we found we came across another supplier in New South Wales that we ended up entering into kind of a longer standing contract with. But actually getting your hands on that much tea in bulk in the quality that we wanted was really, really difficult at the time. So yeah, we definitely didn't have the supply side in order at all, but the demand was there and that was just so exciting that it kind of kept you going for those 14-hour days, 16-hour days at the very start. So, yeah, we were we grew really quickly and it was quite scary at the time. Yeah, okay. And and how did you manage to to keep up? Like you said you're working 14 to 16-hour days. When when you go through these growth pains in terms, especially in terms of you know fulfilling stock, like selling physical mm-hmm. products, did you look to have some sort of central distribution or like because yeah, yeah you, you would have been getting orders all around the world and stuff, so that would be problematic yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So look, to begin with, I was a bit silly and thought that as a founder, you had to do everything yourself, and if anybody else did anything. I didn't understand the concept of staff. If anybody else did anything, I felt absolutely guilt-ridden. So I was taking control of the customer service. We were getting maybe close to 300, 400 emails a day, and that wasn't systemized at the time. Oh, now we geez. use Zendesk for our customer service, and you can just apply macros, which are kind of pre-filled question responses, which has really taken the load off customer service-wise. And, of course, now I don't touch the customer service. I have a customer success team. But at the time I was managing the customer service, I was managing the manufacturers, I was managing the distribution ourselves. So we had close to 30 staff to begin with distributing the product. Uh, We were practically running our own mini logistics system and, because I'd never had any background in business before. I didn't understand that there were third-party companies that can help you and can take the load off. I'd never heard of drop shipping and I'd never experienced anything in e-commerce before. So I just thought you had to take it all on yourself. So luckily now I've learned better ways of managing things. We have everything systemized down. We have a third-party logistics provider with consolidation centers in Melbourne, Hong Kong, the UK, the US, which makes shipping a lot faster because, of course, you know, modern e-commerce, everybody wants everything yesterday. It's just a lot of an easier way to actually be able to start something out. And once you've got that systemized and down pat, you're actually, it's a model. So we're able to use similar contacts for all product businesses. So the fifth runs off quite a similar model to what SMT was able to achieve and systemize. Mm. Yeah, okay, I see. And before we get into this Instagram growth hacking piece, um, I've got heaps yeah. of questions, but you talked about the fifth. <laughs> Let, let's talk about some of the other companies that you run because you've kind of taken that, you, you, you seem to find these really hot products and you know put them on social media and, and get them to spread virally. Physical products, they tend to be... Tell us about, you know, that that kind of um, how you identify these trends and your other products. Yeah, so I'm kind of, with the fifth, it was a bit different. That was another passion project. Uh, My business partner and I, Alex McBride, started the fifth when he was in Melbourne, I was in New York, and we both wanted to create a product that emulated the style of both of those major cities because we'd gotten into this deep conversation about 
the things we loved about both those cities and kind of the New York classic landscape and the Melbourne more contemporary, minimal aesthetic. And so we actually started the fifth based more off the style of the cities and the reason it's called the fifth was actually because when we came up with the concept I was on fifth avenue at the time and in the end it turned into actually our selling model so we sell our range of classic times minimal unisex timepieces for five days a month on the fifth of each month actually so we use a limited availability model which has been quite interesting. I wouldn't suggest it for a first-timer in e-commerce because you have to really get your funnels perfect or you're actually, you're just not going to sell anything. And, of course, it's very tempting to sell every day of the month. But, Mm. yeah, so confining that sales period has been really important for us. And with my product businesses, I found it most helpful to look at a successful trending product like watches for example suddenly watches just boomed on social media and changing one element of the product or one dimension of the product so with skinny me tea that dimension was time as well so there were detox teas on the market already but they weren't systemized into a program they weren't easy to use and they were just ongoing over time so We put ours into a 14 and 28-day program and people found those results more achievable. Um, The same with the fifth. We, rather than just selling a timepiece per se, we decided to limit the time available so that they're a bit more exclusive even though the price range is quite affordable. So we use a mix of inclusivity and exclusivity in our marketing for the fifth. So once you're in to the club, which we call our fifth fam. Once you're inside, it's a very inclusive, inviting atmosphere. But from the outside, it's quite exclusive. You need to join our waiting list. You need to go through a few different processes before you're on the inside, which has been a really interesting way of marketing for us. Mm, I think it's pretty smart, though, you, because you're getting people to qualify themselves to before they even get the opportunity to buy, plus you're using scarcity, which you know we use scarcity in a lot of our marketing campaigns, and we know it works very, very well. So how, how are things going with that model? Is it, is it you're successful? Was, yeah. Well, the fifth's actually even more successful than Skinny Mate now. Okay, so, wow. <laughs> well, the average purchase price is obviously a bit higher, but mm. also... We were able to grow from nothing again a year ago to in December our sales were quite high. We did 1.2 mil in our five-day selling period, which was a huge, huge, exciting time for us. Yeah, geez, that's really impressive. And like walk us through some of your other products because what what else? something that you said there that I find really interesting as well is – because so many people, when they think they have to come up with a new business idea, it has to be something 100% unique, but you're saying you're finding trends and then making that product better, that product or service yeah, better. definitely. And it's either about making it better or utilizing an existing audience that you already have. So like Nath with Founder, you already have 500,000 followers on Instagram. It would make a lot of sense that you sell guides to how to grow your Instagram following. Sorry, 600,000, is it now? (laughs) Yeah, 600,000. So actually with one of my newer products, Drop Bottle, which is a water infuser, a fruit infuser drink bottle, we already had a following of nearly a million followers on a different vertical page that I own called Detox Water on Instagram. Mm. So it kind of made sense that we already had this large audience and we decided we'd tailor a product to that audience. So there's kind of two ways of going about it. There's creating a product and changing a dimension or improving the product even minimally and selling that based off its unique value proposition or there's working with what you've got already and working with what you can build yourself and launching to an existing audience. That would be probably 
my number one piece of advice would always be that while you're focusing on the product side and improving your product, at the same time, you should be giving 50% of your time to your market. So you should be building up your accounts, building up your email database at the same time as you're putting all your energy and efforts into your product. That's It's such a misconception in e-commerce that if you build a beautiful product, take beautiful product photos and make a great website that people will come to it. And as a lot of us know, that's not the case. Mm. So look, um, tell us about you, how many other products do you have? I, I, I'm curious or, or that you're vested in these and these are, you know, you drive a majority of your traffic through word of mouth or social media. Yeah. Uh, I've got about five different product companies now. Uh, the fifth and SMT are still the major ones. Yep. Then, of course, there's Drop Bottle, there's Skin Tox Co., which is a newer one we're releasing soon, which is a detox skincare range. And there is, hmm, <laughs> You've got too many, you've got too many companies. Like, yeah, look, I, I don't know how you, you're doing this, Greta. It's, it's really impressive. Um that's okay. You, we can come back to that one. It'll, it'll, I'm sure it'll come to you. <laughs> but all right, let's let's move on to this growth hacking stuff because I'm super impressed with how you grow these companies at such a speed. You, you kind of say like you, you kind of say as if you, you're very humble, like you, you're getting lucky, but you're definitely not. I want to know, you know, how do you find out these answers that that you know, and, and all this knowledge you have because you have no background in startups and, and you know, this is all new to you. Uh, first of all, yeah, how, how do you find the answers and, and talk us through like, like maybe your, your late, like your latest product that you started, how would you grow that over social media in particular Instagram? Like let's, let's talk some strategies. What would you do? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, to begin with, I didn't have any background in business but then luckily through some opportunities that came about from Skinny Me Tea actually to begin with I was able to gain a lot more business insight. Uh, I've had some incredible mentors, I've met some incredible people that some of which you've actually interviewed on the show. So back in 2013 we won the Shopify Build a Business Award which meant that Shopify flew us to New York to meet with a lot of different mentors and different advisors, including Tim Ferriss, Damon John, Eric Rees, The Lean Startup, and a lot more. And that was kind of the first time that I realised that I wasn't just stumbling upon something. Like you said, it wasn't just all luck, that I was doing something that was quite different and unusual and that a lot of the people within that competition that were other winners as well were doing a similar thing. And that was mostly had to do with audience building. So Instagram was definitely the area that I was most comfortable in. And I kind of identified the fact that not everybody is willing to follow a product page per se, especially for Skinny Me D. Not everybody wants to follow a page that has the word skinny in it, unfortunately. I just thought it sounded cute at the time. I wasn't trying to enter into any paradigms or discourses surrounding weight in that way and B, that were very branded. So I thought of funnels in general and I thought of growth funnels online and it has to do with identifying a lot of different verticals. So I split down the verticals within Skinny Me Tea, for example, And I split those mostly into food and nourishment side and then fitness and health side. So then I started building up pages across Instagram in the food and fitness demographics and then kind of funneling those interested customers back into the business page and onto our website through those. So We were able to, over time, build up a following of over 15 million Instagram followers. So across my different accounts, which include Vines, for example, at Vines on Instagram, that's been a very popular one. It grows organically 
every two to three weeks it grows 100,000 followers on its own just because of the name and because of the engagement on the account. So that's got 5.3 million followers now, 5.4 by today I would hope (laughs) (laughs) because it's about to tick across actually. And, yeah, so building up those Instagram pages across verticals was really, really helpful for us in not only relying solely upon your product page. Yeah, I see. So when you say um, building up pages just just for the audience, you're saying that you build these fan-type enthusiast kind of pages, which are just, I guess, like a vision board that, that inspire people or, you know, they might be... You know, they but they would follow that page because you know you're not it's it's about a certain niche or topic that people can get behind and it's not a brand page not a business page people aren't going to be sold to or, or the, the assumption is there that it's there's not going to be much ads or product pushes or anything like that right yeah definitely and when you do do an ad or a product push you want that to be as organic and authentic as you possibly can so you want to offer real insights and you want to offer incentives to actually click across and follow something. So we might offer, we have an Instagram account called at free eating plan on Instagram and they click through to our website and they get a free eating plan that they can download and use during their detox. Um, So adding those incentives has been really, really important in our content strategy and free resources and other content strategies like that have been really, really helpful for us. Mm, I see. So if somebody was starting out, you know, like let's say you were starting from scratch again, you know, you've got this e-commerce based product, you've identified a trend or something that is quite hot, maybe on social media or you think it's coming what would you do? What, like, how would you go about building an Instagram account? You'd start a couple, you'd start a couple of fan pages, then build up the brand account. What are the tactics there? Can we go delve a bit deeper? Are we assuming that I don't have my 15 million followers? Yeah. Let's assume that you don't. What would you do from scratch? Let's assume I've got zero followers. Yep. The first thing I'd do is read your guide <laughs> on how to build followers. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, it's one of the best resources I've actually read on Instagram and building an Instagram following. That's why I've reposted it on our blog and everything. I, it definitely has a lot to do with your content strategy. So it's kind of identifying not only the product that's trending at the time, but the content that's trending in the verticals around your product at the same time. So on Instagram right now, If you wanted to do a skin product, tutorials trending on the popular page or on the explore page at the moment. So you might build up a tutorial page at the same time and then advertise the skin product onto that page. But the way that I'd start building a page would definitely be content, engagement, growth, and then conversions. So You'd start with content and you'd have a look what was quite popular within your industry, see other like-minded pages and see what's going really well on those pages and then use those as a kind of content guide for yourself. Then you'd move on to people engaging with that content and that might be in terms of starting off with some hashtags so that you get some further engagement on your post target audience yeah yeah, target audience yeah for sure but no yeah I don't know it's hard I wouldn't use (laughs) I hate it when people say like oh use hashtags use this I know that they're the starting points for sure Mm. but it's actually more about joining with other pages that have a similar demographic and a similar reach to you Mm. So yeah, um, let's talk about yeah. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. But we want we want to talk about S for S and stuff like that too. Yeah, for sure. So S for S, like you've identified in your post, is a concept of shout out for shout out, which means that you would collaborate with another page. I loved your concept of collaboration over competition. Actually, oh, um, thank you. Uh, you collaborate with another page and you mutually help each other grow so 
it's great to find a page that has a similar following to you. Say you have, you're starting off with 500 followers. If you can find another page that has a similar style, similar visual element, similar content strategy, and a similar amount of followers, there's no reason why you can't take half of those followers and become 750 followers again. So then you team up with a page that has 750 followers or multiple pages that do and you shout each other's content, which is you would post their photo, they would in turn post a photo from your page and they'd mention your page like, hey, check out my friend's new page or follow at weight loss secrets for actionable tips on how to lose some extra kilos. So that's one strategy. At the same time, I understand that that is a really, really important strategy. But also, if you don't want to lose some of your engagement on your page through shout outs that are shout out for shout out, you can always pay for shout outs. So you can pay a page, another inspiration style account to post your content and grow more organically through that. Mm. Okay, so so you'd have a strong focus on the content. You'd create a couple of fan pages that would would drive traffic to the business page, whether it's via the link in the bio or getting people to follow that business page. You'd do S for S, paid and unpaid, totally up to you. Now, something that I'm dying to hear is when we caught up the other week for coffee, you said to me, Nathan, that was an amazing guide. You know, you post great stuff on Instagram, but there was one thing that I think you're missing. Please tell us that one thing. (laughs) Okay. This is a very new thing. Um, And I've been working closely with a lot of my friends and associates on Instagram to kind of try to crack the algorithm of the explore page on Instagram. So as you can imagine, an explore page would, how would you pick a piece of content that was trending if you were Instagram? And that would be through, of course, engagement. And that makes a lot of sense. But knowing as Instagram that there are ways to feign engagement, like buying fake likes and buying fake followers, yeah, what's we definitely another don't metric? agree to do that. No, definitely not. That's their vanity metrics. That's not going to help you actually get any conversions, which are ultimately what we're trying to do through Instagram. And people aren't necessarily going to follow something just because it's well engaged. They're going to follow content. They're going to follow things that they find helpful or things that they're curious about. So no, I definitely do not suggest buying fake likes or followers. And this is why as well. Instagram knows when you buy that and will penalize your account with their algorithm. So rather than engagement being the only metric that Instagram measures a successful post off it's actually engagement through engaged accounts so it's not just engagement in terms of maybe 2,000 like bots just liked your photo it's engagement in terms of 200 highly engaged well-followed accounts just liked your photo so what I've been doing this week with one of my friends and staff actually Davey him and I started a page as an example. So we started, it's called Girls Tutorials and it's girlstutorial.s because you can't get the name Girls Tutorials. Mm-hmm. And a lot of tutorial content has been trending on the popular page lately so we thought it would be a good example. So what we did is not only SFS, we haven't done any SFS yet, actually. We started the page entirely from scratch, a brand new page that we just created, mm-hmm. and it had zero followers, and we created a huge like-for-like network. So rather than a follow-for-follow or a SFS network, a like-for-like network, and that was with a lot of other pages that had quite large amounts of reach as well. So because I had my 15 million reach, for example, I was able to leverage that up to huge amounts of reach quickly because I can like from 15 million worth of accounts as well. Mm. So what you do is you post a photo. Well, it's actually best if you post three or six photos all at once. 
So you post three photos at once, you like them from all the various accounts within the first 15 minutes of the post yes. and it will push the post to the popular page or to the explore page. In your own caption of the post, you put follow at girls tutorials uh, because so many people will be seeing the page. It's like shouting yourself out. So you post your content, you shout yourself out on that and as everybody follows and likes from the popular page, they see the ad and the call to action, which, as you know, are hugely important in your posts. But your call to action isn't just double tap or like. It's actually to follow your own page, which may look a bit silly to your existing followers, but the people on the Explore page then follow. We've been able to build girls' tutorials up to 36,000 followers in four days. Wow. Huge, huge levels of engagement. Almost 50% engagement on some posts. One post has 15.6 thousand likes on it right now out of 36,000 followers, which Nate, wow. you know, is. That's out of this world. Mental. So, yeah, wow. Yeah, that's, that's our strategy right now. And we're finding that videos are trending the best. Mm. I think that it's because they're a newer form of content on Instagram and photos were existing before and they're trying to introduce and popularise the use of videos on Instagram so they're actually allowing more videos than stills onto the popular page at the moment and also now videos have their own explore page so you're going to get double the engagement. Ah, I see, yeah, kind of like um, Facebook. for Right now Facebook... Uh, pages if you if you post a video they get way more engagement yeah so well you know facebook own instagram (laughs) so they're probably using a lot of the same content engagement strategies but yeah so the like for like would definitely be until instagram catches on maybe they'll listen to this interview and change their (laughs) algorithm but as soon as Instagram catches on that the majority of users or like the majority of the top users, so people with millions and millions of followers, know what they're doing, they change it. So you've got to get on this really quickly. Yeah, wow. That's really, really cool. Yeah, I, I, I was familiar with this strategy but never talked about it and never really tested it out that much. Just not not the way you described it but we called them because I'm part of like a little group and, you know, it's very – you know, on Instagram, there's all everyone's on kick and everyone knows everyone. And like, you know, it's funny. We even have mutual friends from all different parts of the world that, you know, they're influencers <laughs> yeah, on Instagram in totally different niches to us. And, and those yeah. guys call them like bombs. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is, this Definitely, is awesome. I think one of the components, one of the key components of these kind of like bombs is shouting yourself out in the caption. Mm. Yeah, no, that's killer. I'm good, definitely going to try this. This sounds awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, look. Yeah, no, I, I'm very keen to try this. All right. So, look. The thing is you can't lose the momentum of the page either. So, there's a certain momentum and engagement on pages. Uh, and that's why it's important to post a certain amount of times a day and not let up on that because Instagram will penalize you if your engagement and post rate goes down from what it was. So if you can keep the momentum going and keep the engagement up per follower, you're going to get much better results as well. Yeah, that is, that's a really good point you make. And that's something that I've noticed. Instagram rewards you from the more you post and the more consistent you are because I remember we got, you know, we got to hundred K followers in four months and I was like really focused. I was doing all the work myself. I didn't even have a VA touching it. I just wanted to learn it myself, yeah. master it myself. <laughs> no, I asked you that. <laughs> yeah, and I got I got burnt out, and then I just hardly posted. Once you hit 100k, I hardly posted. Didn't really. I was still posting every day, but only a couple times a day. And our growth really started to slow down. And then once that started to happen, I noticed that. Like, you know, let's just get back on it. I got my VA involved and I hardly even touch our account now. And now we're growing at like a really, really rapid rate, like I think 65 to 70K followers, new followers a month. And I've noticed that Instagram definitely rewards you when you post at least, you know, four to eight, maybe 10 times a day and just super consistent. And we try and hit all time zones, you know, around the clock 
And yeah, no, that's, that's a really good point you make because you can lose momentum because I've seen it. Yeah, exactly. I think that consistency and momentum are one of the biggest driving factors behind recurring growth on Instagram for sure. And I liked that you said that you try to post across different time zones and everything as well. A really good new app actually that I just downloaded is Prime. Have you heard of that before? No. Prime for Instagram and it tells you the best times to post based off your followers. So it analyzes your Instagram following and then tells you the best time to post when they'll be the most engaged. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. I wrote this one down. That's killer. Yeah. <laughs> Look, good. I could talk to you all day. I'm super mindful of time. We've got about 15 minutes before we wrap, work towards wrapping up, but let's talk about, you know, you talked about paid shout outs and, you know, you actually created a service, a technology company. This is another one of your companies called Nicheify. Tell our audience about this, why it came about, how's that going, and, and why people should be using Nicheify. Definitely. Uh, so with my product companies, a lot of the elements, like I said, are quite systemized. So the logistics are quite systemized. We have great manufacturers. I have amazing teams. But one area that was just lacking was the amount of time and energy it takes to do our influencer marketing. So when I say influencer marketing, I mean finding people within our demographic and within the same vertical as our products and using them as brand ambassadors to help represent our company and our interests and really just to help tell your brand story. So Nicheify was just a kind of organic progression from my product companies and the want to systemize our marketing a little bit more. So I created Nicheify, which is a collaboration tool for social influencers and brands. And we launched about six months ago and we've grown very quickly. We've got almost a billion in social reach now, actually. So wow. when I say I have 15 million followers on Instagram, there's a billion followers on Nicheify that you can connect with. So that's just a really great tool for brands to be able to get on, use, and collaborate with these influencers and talk to them in the one place. Like I'm sure, Nath, as you know, when you're talking to people from social media, you might be talking on Facebook messages, you might be talking on iMessage, you might be Instagram direct messaging, you might be on WhatsApp, you might be absolutely anywhere. We use Slack, we use all different forms of communication, but this is that one centralised kind of communication tool for people that have a substantial reach on social media actually not even, it's not always substantial, to be honest. Um, we encourage people to get on with as little as maybe four to 5,000 Instagram followers. Mm, I see. So yeah, we were able to create this tool that kind of systemizes the way that I marketed my product companies for other brands. Gotcha. And can you do transactions like uh, to broker deals for if you want to pay for shout outs through Nicheify? Yeah, definitely. We have a deals section. Uh, so once you're entered into a chat with somebody, it works in a similar way to kick in that you can talk to anybody. You can instantly reach out to anybody and that goes into your new chats. And once you chat back to them, that goes into your active chats. So you don't need to actually add somebody as a contact. You just reach out, say what you'd like to say. Once you've discussed kind of the parameters of what you'd like to do together or built your relationship up a little bit, then you can move on to a deal which um, is more transactional and it might be in terms of payment, it might be in terms of product in return for posting. But the end goal is brands advertise through Nicheify and influencers monetize. Mm, I see. And do you take a fee from those transactions? No, we don't actually. We're working on some different business models at the moment because I actually don't think that a transactional fee is going to be the best way to monetize a platform like that. Anybody can just create a lower fee and there might be a mass move of users from your app to their app. At the moment, we're just working on 
building up a really great user base, some great engagement rates, and we think the market will speak for itself. We'd rather get external investment to monetize our app to begin with while we work on different ways to run the business model. Hmm, I see. Interesting. And I'm curious, um, and this is another question I'm dying to ask you and work towards wrapping up. You know, you've got like five different companies, six different companies. You've got a lot of companies that you're running, many different brands and products. I'm sure a lot of people might be overwhelmed by this. Whenever most of the time when I meet somebody that's got more than two to three businesses, it's very rare and unique that all of those businesses are doing quite well. How do you manage your time? How do you manage your focus? Can you give us some insight there? Yeah, well... Ever since I was studying, even in high school, I liked to do a lot of different subjects and kind of keep my mind in different areas all the time. So when I move from one company to the other, it's like a similar thing. It's like going to an English class and then moving into maths. You have to completely switch your brain from one topic to the next, which means that your brain is constantly fresh. You don't necessarily overuse all of your energy on the one project like I'm sure sometimes you know working on the one thing all the time it can be like running around in circles sometimes Um, and as long as you have a great team to support you there's no reason why you can't do multiple things I think it does take a certain personality type like I know you Nath focus on founder and pursuing a lot of different ideas within that company well Mm. I pursue a lot of different ideas, but they're across companies. But it doesn't mean that the system is any different. Again, it's all about systemizing and then you can create a lot of different things that you're working on at the same time without overtaxing yourself. Gotcha. And can you run us through like some, I guess, productivity hacks, any tools, any, you know, what what sort of system are you using to manage your day? Because I just, I can't even begin to imagine how hectic things must be. I like writing things down physically rather than just on a computer, of course. Yeah, um, agreed, yep. But to do with my week, I more split my time. I prioritise a lot. So with Nishify, we use Agile Tactics, uh, which mean that you're constantly changing and pivoting the direction that you're going in throughout a day. So at the start of a day, I might write down my top 10 goals and then I'll prioritize them. And I actually do that at the start of a week as well. So I say, okay, what do I need to work on across the companies? And therefore I can prioritize my time based on what needs to be done and ignore the things that are kind of a bit more distracting. So I know that Eric Schmidt, for example, from Google just is very cutthroat with what is a task that he wants to work on and what you just need to ignore. So productivity-wise, I think it's really about ignoring irrelevant things or delegating those and just focusing on your top priorities. I see. And do you set goals like for the year Uh, or every six months or like financial (laughs) goals, targets for each company? I set KPIs for sure, but goals, I know most people in business do set goals in that way, but I personally don't really believe in setting goals because I think that if you set a goal, you're, you're limiting yourself. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. And do you have like a... No, that's that's fair enough. We're all different, you know. That's you know, yeah. it's all about being <laughs> raw and honest. Just not me. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, so to manage like you know all your different companies, do you have a CFO? Like, talk, tell us about your team before we wrap up. Like, how many people in each team? You you told me you even break up the offices. Like, you're not all in the one office. <laughs> Yeah, I have three different offices across Melbourne because it's easier for me to, like I said, to completely change mindsets when I enter one company as opposed to another. If I was in the same office with all my teams at the same time, I'd just be pulled in 
five different directions all at once and I'd be so overwhelmed because, of course, as founder, when you go into the office for Skinny Me Tea, for example, I'm just co-founder at The Fifth and Alex actually does most of the day-to-day runnings of The Fifth. He's absolutely incredible with the way that he runs our team there. But at SMT, as founder, as soon as you go into the office, it's kind of you get bombarded with questions. It's a bit like, mum, look at me, look at me, look what I've done. And (laughs) it's a little bit overwhelming, to be honest. So that's why I split the offices because if I had like three to five companies in the same office, I would just not be able to function. Mm. It's almost like they're separate parts of my brain. Yeah, okay, interesting. All right, well, look, a couple more questions before we wrap. Was there any questions that you wanted me to ask you that I didn't ask you? (laughs) No, I don't think so. I think you've been pretty great. Okay, awesome. And, uh, yeah, look, for, like, you know, for our audience, where's the best place people can find your brands, your companies, like, go crazy? (laughs) If you have a look at my personal Instagram, which is Greta Rose, G-R-E-T-T-A-R-O-S-E, it has a list of the different Instagrams that fall under my companies and... Also, LinkedIn is a good place to have a look. Okay. Awesome. 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 Well, look, Greta, look, thank you so much for your time. Uh, You've been very generous and super open. This has been a fantastic interview. Uh, Absolute pleasure. The Founder Podcast has come to a close, but it's not time to sleep. It's time to hustle. Download the Richard Branson issue of Founder Magazine for free right now by visiting foundermag.com slash Branson. Again, that's an absolutely free download of the Richard Branson issue of Founder Magazine containing an exclusive interview with the man himself. It's only available at foundermag.com slash Branson. So download it now and we'll see you next time on the Founder Podcast.